Hello to everybody who has done a thing 400 times. It's episode 400 of Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here, and... Some of you just love the phone call. We got a real long intro today, probably our longest one ever, because this is episode 400 of the show, and we are also launching our new bonus content, Beautiful Anonymous Plus, over at beautifulanonymous.com. You can hear about all of those in the intro. If you're somebody who just wants to skip to the phone call, I get it. Keep in mind, beautifulanonymous.com gives you the info on on the bonus material if you want to learn about it there instead of the intro can also skip about 31 minutes ahead. It's our longest intro ever, but between those two things, 400 episodes and launching a new bonus content platform, it's really worth it. So skip about 31 minutes. No harm, no foul. Enjoy the call, everybody. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here, and welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. And not just any episode, a big one, episode 400 Episode 400 of Beautiful Anonymous, this show launched back in 2016, and we have cranked them out on a regular basis. I don't know if we've ever missed a week. I think we've taken a couple breaks here and there, and somehow we've kept it going. We've kept it going through huge, unexpected waves of attention right in the early days. We've we've kept it going through back-channel dramas with our former network's contract negotiations. And I'm not saying that to talk smack. Much love to everybody at our old home. But it got weird. And 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 it, it, we kept it going when I had a TV show. And when I had a TV show canceled, we kept it going when I had a kid. We kept it going through hardships in my personal life that I've never spoken about publicly. This show has always been there for me. For hundred times this show has been there for me and this community has been there for me 400 times we've done it this show has been there for me as we as we built beautiful anonymous the facebook community which in an era where social media was becoming more antagonistic and more divisive and more full of Bad actors with ill intentions causing trouble and drama and angst. We built a space that is known for being chill and kind and thoughtful and laid back. We kept it going through beautiful Cononymous, which was, if you know the history of the show, announced for 2020 and canceled. It was announced for March of 2020 and it was canceled and pushed back for three years and then We had so many past callers to send on Brooklyn, New York. Tons of people who listened to the show. And here we are. 400 episodes in. Now, for episode 300, we did a 300-minute long episode. Five hours long. It wound up being two different callers that spread out over the five hours. Initially, we were thinking about doing a 400-minute long episode for this, uh, but it it felt a little bit like, if I'm being totally honest, 
is that a good episode at that point or is that a big old stunt? Like, is anybody really going to sink, sink their teeth into a 400 minute long episode? Not necessarily that it would be bad, but that if there's no going back on it, right? So if you get 200 minutes in and it's not good, what can you do? Release something bad for a 400th episode? Not at all. What I do want to announce is that one of the joyous things about being an independent show is that there's a lot of freedom. I'm allowed to do these long intros. I'm allowed to connect with you to let you know where my life is at a little more explicitly at the top of the show. And we are now allowed to do the following. Beautiful Anonymous Plus is officially here. It is launched. It is up. It is running. We have bonus content for years. And that is without exaggeration for years. When I go on the road and I do live Beautiful Anonymous shows, when I do stand-up shows, I have had people come up to me and say, hey, there are podcasts out there that I love and I support them and we sign up for their bonus content. Give me a way to give you money. I've had people say that to me so explicitly. Now, I'll tell you this straight up. And if you followed me, you know that this is not bluster. This is just true. What I don't want to do is just collect money and say, well, now here's another revenue stream. That's one of those phrases that I'm a little allergic to. Where's the revenue stream on my content? Content is a word that drives me nuts. Revenue stream is a thing that drives me nuts. But what I did was I sat and thought long and hard about what, now that we can do something where you can opt in, what should that be? If it is to exist, it doesn't have to exist. I don't need to put more stuff out there for you unless I think it would be really good and worth your time and money. And I think I know this fan base. I think a lot of us are on the same page. So I think I'm able to take a deep breath, do some brainstorming with Andrea, because now the show is as simple as that. It's just me and my friend, the high priestess, Andrea Quint, and just say, I think this would work. I think they would actually like this. I think they would actually see value in this. And we came up with some ideas. So here's what we got. Right now, you can go to beautifulanonymous.com. It'll send you right to the info on how you can sign up for Beautiful Anonymous Plus. For a lot of you, there's actually going to be info where it's right there in your podcast player. You might look at your phone right now and go, oh, yeah, I see that link. Some of the podcast players have a link right there. You don't even need to go to beautifulanonymous.com. So check the device you're listening to right now. You might see a link to Beautiful Anonymous Plus. If you don't see that link, you can sign up for it at beautifulanonymous.com. There's three different tiers. They are nice and simple. Bang for the buck. The simple tier. The first one, it's $5 a month. Or if you want to sign up on an annual basis, it's $50 a year. So you can do the math there. You save some money, save 10 bucks. And here's what you get is you get a feed of the show that is longer. Where at the end of each episode, we have five extra questions with each caller. I went into the Facebook group a few months ago. I said, give me some random questions for this thing we're building. The more random, the better. We've got about 200 questions right now. I anticipate that we're going to get even more as we launch Beautiful Anonymous Plus. And the idea here is that sometimes callers call up and they focus on certain aspects of their lives or a particular story from their life or narrative from their life, and that dominates the phone call. And what we found was that when we did follow-up episodes in the past, 
podcast, people would say, oh, it's really cool to hear about that person outside of the context of that one story, to just learn more random things about them. We like these people and we get to learn a little bit more. Now, with these five very random questions, you're able to get off the narrative, off whatever dominated the hour together and get a little bit more. It's about 20 to 30 minutes of extra content each week. And if you sign up for it, it just shows up in your feed. It should be nice and seamless. It's not a thing that you need to go download a second episode or go to some other site. Just when you get your beautiful anonymous, it will come with this extra bonus content on there. We've been recording this for a while. I think it's getting really good. The one for today's episode is so good. And if you sign up and use the new feed, the the it's it's on there and I think you're going to like it. But not only that, right now that feed is already populated with a bunch of recent callers and their bonus info. It goes back, I think, almost three months. I think there's um, 12, if I remember right, 12 batches. So, so 12 of our very recent callers, you can go back right now while they're fresh in your mind, including, you know, last week's call, last week's call, you go back, you do that. The, the, the Jehovah's witness, we have extra content, the, our caller never always should, who who was our caller who was uh, an amputee in a wheelchair, the, the caller who donated a kidney to her dad, the Mardi Gras float caller, like all these recent calls going back a few months, you can go right now and sink your teeth into a ton of bonus content featuring those people that you've loved in recent memory and moving forward that will just show up automatically as part of your show, um, $5 a month or $50 for the year. I personally think that that's a deal. We have another tier, $10 a month, where you get that. You also get a monthly extra episode where we go back to a classic caller from Beautiful Anonymous's past, someone who predates this system, and we catch up with them with the five questions. So we kind of use this new structure and format with these five random questions to go back and say, hey, remember this person from years ago? Our first person we're doing that with, it's going to be in your feed if you sign up at this tier is our old friend from the episode uh, Selling Sex Toys in Vegas, or is, was it just Sex Toys in Vegas? Selling Sex Toys in Vegas, our friend who, a lot of you, if you came to Beautiful Cononymous, you know, she was there selling sex toys. Selling sex toys, and people bought them, and I've talked with her about it, and she was like, yeah, like a lot of people were very interested, and we did pretty good. Bought a, sold a bunch of sex toys. She designed sex toys and lives in Vegas and told us all about it. And when we met at Beautiful Canonymous, I already had had such a good time talking to that caller and we clicked so hard. And then on top of it, um, she, the whole weekend during the live call, she was tweeting the funniest stuff. If you go back and listen to the live episodes from Beautiful Canonymous, very often there's tweets bringing down the house and, and very often those are tweets from this caller. She's so charming and funny. So it was great to catch up, especially since we had met in person since then and had that experience. So it's a really great one to kick off this idea that at the, at the $10 tier, which we're calling the touch tone tier rotary for more primitive phone technology, touch tone for more up to date. Um, you get that you get that episode as well as all the recent bonus content and moving forward all the bonus content and on top of it if you're signed up at that ten dollar tier 
you also once a month will get an audio message giving you a new phone number and a, di- a time and a date of a taping. So once a month, we're going to do tapings where the only people who have the phone number and the time and the date are people signed up at that touch tone tier. So that's a high value item for your money, right? And guess what? That's $10 a month. But here's the biggest deal. The biggest deal you can get from this whole project is that that one for the annual one, we're dropping that to $75 for the year. So that's something that would cost you $120 if you paid by the month. You can pay for $75 bucks and just get it for the year out of the gate. And I think that that's pretty awesome. And then we have a cellular technology t- tier, which is full disclosure. There's a lot of people out here doing this now. And, and I didn't want to be too exploitative. You'll see people going like, hey, $5,000 a month. If you got it, I'll take it. I don't want to do that. But if you are somebody who happens to have some disposable wealth and you love the show, that's a pay what you want tier. Uh, it's an annual tier that starts at $150 for the year, but you can pay as much as you want in order to support the show. And I just want to thank, if you're someone who has disposable income, you want to spend it on this, I thank you in advance. That's so, so kind of you. And you get all the stuff that we described from the other tiers. Plus, I will personally type out a thank you note and mail it to your house. You'll get a form where you can give us your address and I'll mail you a note. I'll mail you a note to say thank you. And I have been told, and this happens to me with a lot of my projects, because I always like to make things cheap and accessible. I've been told by our friends who are helping us set up Beautiful Anonymous Plus, like, hey, that's pretty cheap for a letter to someone's house. I go, is it? Is it? I don't know about that. They go, you're going to get, you're going to spend a lot more time writing letters than you want. I go, no, I don't think you understand me. The, the joy that comes with being able to send these letters is worth it. So it might take me a while to get to everybody, but... I will never regret being able to send a personalized thank you note to people who support this show. And I want to be full disclosure because what this one of the things, again, that I love about being an independent show is I can just be super, super extraordinarily honest with you guys. Obviously, this is a thing that the show might make money from and I might personally make money from. And it feels so good to work hard on something I care so much about. I feel lucky and blessed that my life is making art that I care about. And even just saying that out loud gives me pause. I'm just going to tell you full disclosure that with my contract for beautiful anonymous plus, if I believe it's 2,500 people sign up within the first, uh, six months to a year, I believe I forget if it's six months or a year, I get a very nice bonus. Like, like money. That's my, it's going to pay for my kid's, college like some of the college money i'm not trying to be tacky saying that but i am saying if you're somebody who's like oh i'll sign up for that someday if you do it in the first six months it really really helps me and my family and i thank you in advance and if we get over the finish line on that bonus it would be fantastic if it doesn't happen i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and cry about it i'm not gonna sit here and be mad about it and upset um But if it does happen, it would be a really, really great thing for my family's bottom line this year and and moving forward. And uh, like I said, it's it's not going to pay for four years of college. And the boy the boy's only four years old, so it's getting college is getting more expensive. But it's like a chunk of change that will help my family. So thank you in advance for considering beautiful anonymous. Plus, you can again sign up right now. A lot of you, if you look at your podcast player. 
you'll see the link. If you don't see the link, beautifulanonymous.com will send you right there. And I'll tell you this. Here's what I promise. Are we going to plug it every episode? Yeah, of course we are. It's going to be a piece of the infrastructure of the show moving forward. But what I'm not going to do, and I'm not throwing shade at other podcasts here, what I'm not going to do is turn the podcast you love into a never-ending pledge drive for the bonus content. That has happened to podcasts I love where they launch something like this and in the desperate grab at the money momentum people sometimes don't even realize man this show i love is now just turning into sign up sign up sign up sign up for the bonus content sign up so i'm going to plug it every week i'm going to be classy about it in the next few weeks there will probably be a lot of enthusiasm and some attention paid to it and then as we move forward it will just be a part of the infrastructure of the show that in the intro and the outro i'll remind you that it exists and i'll thank you and, and beg you to sign up just like you should as an artist trying to support yourself and your family, but I, I'm not going to turn Beautiful Anonymous into an endless, hey, here's what happens if you sign up this week, and hey, we got a thing going on this and this and that. But That will happen rarely, and if it does, it will be because there's things happening, whether it's a deal or whether it's a new addition to the structure of it, whatever it is, it's going to be because it's info that you need to know. And when I tell you that I have paid so much attention and put so much thought into making this something that feels like it's worth your time, worth your money and appreciative of how supportive you all have been of me, I cannot stress that enough. Thank you a million times over. I want to say a few words about the fact that this is episode 400. Because I did a little bit of math. And here's one thing I want us all to think about. And, and one of the things that I think a lot of episodes of this show that people love the most really stresses is you only get one chance at life. And from episode one, Ron Paul's baby. We all remember that one. That guy hated his job and I'm sitting here going, then quit the job. Sitting in your car in the parking lot because you hate the job. Quit the job. You get one life, Right. I've heard episodes from people who go out there and go on these big adventures. And what's the subtext of that? I'm living my life. We've heard of people who have escaped very tense situations, whether that's societal or personal. And we all celebrate and we go, yes, they get a chance to live their life free of that nonsense. We've heard of people who have experienced great loss. And we go, wow, it shines a spotlight on how precious life is and how limited time can be. We've heard from somebody who was about to report to a federal prison stint who let us know this takes years away from my ability to live this one life. And I did the math and I tell you, initially I said, I wonder how much of my life I've actually spent talking to anonymous strangers on Beautiful Anonymous. So what I first did was I said 400, that's 400 hours and I divide it that by 24, because that's a day. And as you all know, I'm very, very bad at math. But it came up 16.66 days of my life. 16 full days and two-thirds of another day of my life spent talking to strangers. And then I actually started laughing because I said, well, we also did a 300-minute long episode. We also did a live tour that wasn't in the regular feed, probably another 10 of those. We've done follow-ups, a whole bunch of those. 
We've done the New Year's resolutions episodes. I don't even know if those have all counted. I'm going, it's more. It's probably 20 days, probably 20 plus days, probably 20 days of my life that I have sat here and talked on the phone with strangers. And I sat and I thought about that. And the initial thing is, you know, you only get one life. And I had this realization of this idea that I said, I, I think this could work. And if you've listened to me over the years, a lot of people said, I don't know. I don't know about it. And then it instantly worked beyond anybody's expectations, including my own. This idea, 20 days of my life. Do I regret that? No. I can't imagine a better way to have spent so many days of my life than sitting on the phone and talking to all of you. Because I was listening to some of those examples of episodes before and some of the tropes and some of the things we've heard and some of the types they've fallen into. And I can't explain enough outside of the validating feeling of being an artist who had an idea that worked, outside of any financial safety net this show has brought me, and it has brought my family a financial safety net, and I am eternally grateful for that. I can tell you that the act of participating in these conversations, outside of the content of the conversations themselves, the act of participating in these conversations has, in a way that is simple and that I can say with great clarity and great humility, made me a better person. And that's not just the episodes where it's this the high-impact emotional episodes that, that I talk about a lot and point to as ones that really did change me, even the silly ones, even someone wandering through the aisles of a target, even somebody sitting on a train on their way into Philadelphia, somebody with a goose laugh, even the silly ones, the act of participating in this has made me a better person. And I hope that the release of these episodes Whatever it is that has had that effect on me, I hope that it shows up in the episodes themselves. I hope that that... How do I even want to phrase it? The way that it has thawed some of my insecurities and some of my cynicism and melted them away and replaced them with some optimism and some hope and some true gratitude for the simple parts of life. I, I hope that those shine through on the best days of this show. And I, I hear from so many people who say that Beautiful Anonymous has been a good thing in their lives. And every single time I sit here, I go, I am so lucky that I got to be the captain of this ship. I'm so lucky that I got to be the captain of this ship because it's helped me most of all. It's made me a better person, better husband on my best days, better father on my best days. And there's always room to grow. 
I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I'll tell you, I recently did a comedy show. Uh, and it was a long drive. It was in Woodstown, New Jersey, tiny little theater. I've been doing this show, the tour where I go and do all these shows in Jersey and these small theaters and breweries and, and whatnot. And brought this young comedian from Jersey. Great comedian. You're going to hear his name in coming years. Devin Hall. Really, really funny. Really funny. And on the ride back up, it was almost two hours back to North Jersey. We got to talking and he was picking my brain a little bit about my career. And I was telling him some things I notice about the Jersey scene right now and the comedy scene right now. And there were a couple things that I wanted to share with you right now is that one, I, he kept going like, well, if you could, what's the next thing you want to make happen? Like you, you used to have your TV show, you had an HBO special. I go, the thing I want to make happen. So I want to figure out how to hang out as much as possible with my kid and work as hard as I have to, to get him fed and clothed and health insurance and stable but I want to be there and I want to be present and I don't need glory. I don't need to go on the road. I don't need another TV show. In fact, there's a lot of elements of the entertainment industry that I think are very backwards and emotionally stunted and kind of sick. And I'm wary of them. I would not have said that five, six years ago. I would not have had the self-awareness. I would not have, I would not have been able to let my ego get out of the way. It is this show that has freed me up to think that way. And I also was telling him about the first 10 years of my career where I was really going for it in New York and banging my head against a wall. And then eventually I wound up being the star of this sitcom called Big Lake. And it was this big victory in New York. And I realized that a lot of people were like, oh, thank God he finally got a job. He's been trying for 10 years. And and then the show bombed, and that was so hard. And then I started my public access show, and he looked at me, and he's like, that's where I first heard of you. And I think that's where a lot of people first heard of me. It's my public access show. We didn't start the public access show until 2011. I was 11 years into trying so hard. Beautiful Anonymous, we launched in 2016. I was 16 years into trying and when everything else has faded away and come and gone it is this show that I go well this is the thing that's precious and the Chris Gethard show was incredibly special for me in its time and a lot of the people that found it and were attached to it are people I deeply care about to this day, both people who were on the show and people who watched it. And those are the big two in my life. And I have to tell you, Beautiful Anonymous, there's something about it that feels less manic and less like it's struggling to say what it has to say. And part of that is where my head was at when I was young and building that TV show, but part of that is also that Beautiful Anonymous is a little bit, I think, about recognizing that the world is tumultuous. 
and it's hard to find your footing. And a lot of times navigating life, getting out of bed in the morning, getting your family's breakfast prepared, dropping your kid off at school, making it to work in time, getting to the CVS before it closes, pick up your medications, seeing if you can get to the dry cleaners too. A boring average day often feels like a ship lost at sea. And there are more reasons for us to stress now and more ways that life is built to distract us with these short-term dopamine kicks that, that ultimately don't solve any of it. And that if you can just look another human being in the eye, find some common ground and talk to them about something, you feel less insane. I think that's ultimately what this show is about. That life at its most basic is a real kick in the ass, let alone when it's not at its most basic. And that one of the only things we as humans have to help make those seas feel a little calmer and like we're not going to get blown overboard in the storm of life is the ability to be there for each other. I have spent 20 entire days of my life participating in that. Put it on my tombstone. Thank you all for the chance to do this. Today's call, I'm so excited for you to hear it. Uh, something I have to say about it right up front. So the caller was very nervous about us releasing it. Felt like there was going to be negative feedback uh, in the internet reaction. Let's not feed that beast. I think the impulse was driven because she says a bunch of stuff about me. I lead her into all of it, everybody. Don't get mad at her. You don't have to defend me. If you listen, there is a bit of a magic trick at play where there's times where she is busting on me. But if you listen carefully, I'm asking for it and setting it up every time. There's also a little bit in the history of this show when we have younger callers, sometimes people who are of older generations come on and say, oh, they say the word like too much or all of their all of their sentences end in a question mark and they the vocal pattern of, of youthful generations gets gets pointed out and people say that irritates me. Don't be a person who goes on the internet and says young people irritate you just because they're young. Don't be that person. We none of us want to be that person. This caller is super smart. She's in law school. She tells me about that. She tells me about what it's like being a twin. We talk a lot about a lot of different things, but I will tell you, you'll hear it's real casual in the beginning, very chit chatty. We're both feeling it out, but the caller reveals to me that she's still in her mid twenties and has been following me for a while. And I realize, I go, do you think I'm as cool as I used to be? Effectively. I ask that. And she's like, no, no way. And she was honest about it. So I got to ask about why, where did I go wrong? Now I want to be clear. I bent it in that direction. As it went down that road, I had a feeling this would be our 400th episode, and I thought it would be kind of a funny meta moment to have a show that is seven years in on its on its shelf life, 400 episodes in, to have that episode focus on why the host is not cool anymore. It was me, not her. So don't get mad at her, and please, 
Please, please. You're allowed to be irritated if someone speaks in a way where you think they say the word like too much. The second you post that on the internet, you're you're part of something you don't want to be a part of, which is these kids today. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? Comment on the content itself, the quality of the conversation. Um, I have to protect the caller on that. I will also say this. The call goes in a few different directions. There's stretches where it's real relaxed, maybe even meandering. I like that. I think a lot of people like that. There's some stretches that are funny. What I will say is that to come out of the gate on the bonus content with this call, man, I'm happy. Now, when you sign up for Beautiful Anonymous Plus, yes, you can go back and hear recent calls and their bonus content. This one has what I will say is one of the funniest dating stories I've ever heard in the bonus content. It's its kind of unbelievable. It's kind of unbelievable. It made me laugh so hard. It's iconic in a pop culture way but it's like wow if you try to if you try to do that in real life sometimes it doesn't go how you think it's gonna go buddy and it's that right there if you're like maybe i'll sign up for the bonus content i would say pay your five bucks and listen to that dating story and know that that's where the bar is set moving forward made me laugh so hard anyway happy 400th episode to all of you whether this is the first time you're checking out the show and believe me, our our intros are not usually half an hour long. Whether it's your first time checking it out or you've been with me since the day we launched in 2016, huge, massive thanks. Thank you for allowing me my philosophical ramblings about how much this show has meant to me. Sign up. Beautifulanonymous.com will lead you right into Beautiful Anonymous Plus. Going to work hard to make it worth your time and your money. Thank you so much, everybody, for 400 episodes. And we all know we get at least five more years of this. And I hope it's many more because it's an honor of my lifetime to be able to host this show. And I mean that so sincerely. Enjoy the call, everybody. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hi. Hello. Hi, is this Chris? Speaking, yes. This is Chris. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this okay, this is amazing. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. So nice to talk to you. So nice to talk to you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm Okay, I didn't want to be stuttery, so I took out my Invisalign. So, oh, okay. You this did. Is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, happy pre-Thanksgiving. Happy pre-Thanksgiving to you as well. We are recording this the day before Thanksgiving. Just, uh, nice. Uh, well, I was telling Andrea, I was, uh, I just finished packing up. I'm going home for the holidays, so it should be interesting. I, uh, I come from a really big Irish family, so there's going to be about 20-some of us in one room. It should be fun. Oh, wow. And then I'm on my way up north, I'm picking up my great aunt, who's a nun. So she's got a exciting a trip ahead of us. Yeah, it's giving uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. We'll see how that goes. Well, this is that's so. a truly Irish Catholic thing you just said yeah 20 yeah. people yep. at thanksgiving and we're picking up my great aunt who is a nun that's true irish catholicism yep. right there well done yeah oh thank you i try try to represent the spirit so are you we, are you uh, in college we'll see how it goes. I, yeah i'm in law school right now you're in law school law school all right yeah how's that going you know, I like it. I, I went in for, um, I really wanted to be an environmental attorney and uh, it, it maybe I, I got bought out, but I worked for a prosecuting attorney's office this summer 
and uh, they kind of won me over. So I do expect that to be part of my lecture on the way home because my great aunt is very big on the environmental movement. So I think she feels a little betrayed. Did you say you got bought out? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I never really wanted to work for um, the prosecutor side. I feel like in recent years on the news, you see like George Floyd and um, just, I don't know, it's a crooked system. But uh, I worked this summer for a prosecuting attorney's office in my county, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, that's kind of where I see my future going at this point. But I still have another year to figure that out. That's a huge switch. Environmental law, perhaps. Huge switch. As as hippy dippy and liberal as it can get, all the way over yeah. to prosecutor. That's like the other side of the line. Yeah, I know it's terrible, no, but it's uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. As long as you try but, to be one of the good yeah. ones, try to do what you can from the inside, right? Well, yeah, that's part of what I like. It seems that it's, it's more you can pick if you feel like there's a genuine situation of. Um, a person committing the crime, then you take the case. And then if it's something more of a, it's a, it's a blurred line. I, you just don't take the case. You know, it's not always, you have to persecute people or I don't know. It's, it's not as black and white as it looks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But again, I still have a year and a half to figure it out. So, yeah. Do you have any Thanksgiving plans? I tell you what, we're keeping it simple. Going to a restaurant. I love it. All right. Yeah. Well, because, you know, we're vegetarians and we have my mother-in-law over. So I feel like she comes over and it's like, it's sort of a bummer. She wants turkey. It's Thanksgiving. She's not a vegetarian, but we're not going to cook a whole turkey for one person. So what are we going to do? Right. We'll be vegetarians who just cook a whole turkey. It doesn't make sense. So we just said, you know what? Let's avoid the dishes, the cleanup, the prep. So we're going uh, to go bird. to a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. She can have her turkey. Yeah. We can have our butternut squash ravioli. My brother-in-law is coming by with his family after dinner for for uh, dessert. So we'll keep it simple. But I also was raised Irish Catholic, but I'm now, at, I'm now at the age where my whole family has spread out and we're no longer as connected as we used to be. That's valid. Yeah. I think we're kind of reaching that point. All my cousins have kids and it, the holidays get a little bit more complicated. How many siblings do you have? You know, I just have two. I have a younger sister and then an identical twin. You got the identical twin? Yeah, yeah. She's pretty different, though. She's um, she's studying microbiology, so we kind of we're really competitive. So it's kind of flip a coin, and one did something more liberal arts, and the other one had to do something more STEM. Because all growing up, it was rough. You said microbiology. Yeah, yeah. She works in a lab, so. So your parents had yeah. twins, and one of them's a scientist, and one's going to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. It's I, and then neither of them are doing anything like that either. So we all kind of it, it's a patchwork family for sure. Wow, wow. Yeah. So my mom, she's a she's a teacher, and then my dad's an engineer. So <laughs> I guess no one's really carrying the torch. But, but I do wish we had other um, attorneys in the family. They really it's a gate kept field. So we've been. Really trying to figure out my own path in it. I love it. I love it. Although I hear law yeah. school is quite hard. I hear it's not easy. You know, yes and no. Because everyone always says it, it's hard and it is. Like you, you study nonstop. But I feel like that's also part of the gatekeeping. I think anyone could be an attorney. It's just you really have to dedicate the time into studying and reading. Because the material is not hard. It's just a lot. Okay. So, 
Yeah. So I, I don't know, because going into it, I'm like, oh, gosh, I was picturing, like, brain surgery and people smart, and, like, that's not me. And uh, it gave me a lot of anxiety, but, no, honestly, for anyone thinking that it might be something that they want to do, you just have to put in the time. So, okay. I don't okay. know. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah. I love it. And then uh, my younger sister wants to do social work, which I remember you saying that was a, a field that you were thinking about doing. I bailed on it, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I bailed. I found it. I found a. Uh, I found a way to get to work without having to go to school first. Is what I did. So I didn't totally bail. Yeah, that's what, what is that? Laughs or what was it called? Oh, laughingtogether.org. Yep, everybody can yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. Everybody can go check it out. Pretty fun. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I feel like the. Just getting back with the family always gives me anxiety. You know, it's like a, it's a lot going on. But I'm looking forward to seeing my twin sister and the younger one. But it's going you know, to be a little bit chaotic. Everyone's got small kids now. So there's like eight of them, I believe, under the age of five. So it can be very high energy. Now, why? what made you decide you hate the environment? No, no, I wouldn't say that. No, I still, I go backpacking every year. Um, <laughs> I, I would not say I hate the environment. Um, I'm kidding. It's just, you know, it, it was really hard last summer when I was looking for um, internships, especially paid internships that would take me on because that's part of the whole networking thing. Since I don't know anyone in the field, it was like I had to find somebody um, who would hire me. And it, it's just, it's tough. You know, I, I couldn't find anything local. There was a few out in DC, but I, I don't live anywhere near DC. So, uh, I ended up working in the, the field I did and I enjoyed it, but no, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I hate the environment. Okay. Okay. Um, I tried to get you, yeah. <laughs> tried to have, get a gotcha question in there. Yeah. You get the, the red wave going or something. No, no. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm trying to think, no, I don't know. I mean, I'm still not opposed. If, if an opportunity jumped in my lap, I would 100% take it. But so far, it just hasn't been how my, my career path lining up. That's fair. And how close are you yeah. with your non-great aunt? Uh, so we try to see each other every two weeks. Um, like I said, every she's also weeks? pretty progressive, which, yeah, yeah, she lives half an hour north of me. So I, I try to see her. This past month, I was lacking, though. But um, she lives by herself, and uh, so we usually just do dinners together. So she's not in a convent or she anything? About... No, no. You know, and then, like, people always think, too, they still wear the habits. They don't, most of them, at least, they don't wear the big robe anymore. I mean, she wears her hair short, but that's kind of it. You wouldn't, you couldn't tell that she was a nun on the street or anything. Uh, she used to smoke cigarettes. She still drinks. Like, she's, I don't know, she's a nun, but I don't think she fits the stereotype of what you'd imagine. And what, what, so what does her involvement as a nun actually entail? Cause I grew up in a neighborhood right down the street from the Catholic church that was kind of centered in my family. And there was a, a convent there and most of the nuns uh, taught at the school and a lot of them yeah. wore, wore the habits. And even when they were dressed down, it was still very clear when they were nuns out in the neighborhood. They, it wasn't like habit or casual gear. So what is, what is her day to day? none responsibility like yeah so i guess i should say i think back in like the 80s she still wore a habit but like as long as i've known her she hasn't um she got her master's in political science so she was a professor for a few years uh adjunct at a private college and then now she does a lot for uh 
natural resources and the environment for her community. Uh, I don't want to give away the town because I feel like then it's like kind of obvious very young. Well, I'm not trying but, to dox um, a nun on Beautiful Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point, she claims she's retired, but she still goes a lot um, visiting her sisters. So they do hospital work. Um, she did something with tenement housing last week I still have to ask about. So I'm sure I'll hear about that. But um, I think it's a lot of field work at this point of her life. But she's 80, so she's slowing down. That's very cool. And did she ever live yeah. in, a, in a convent? Yeah, she lived in Chicago for a few years, and I do believe she lived in one back then. But recently, no, she's just in, like, standardized housing. It's a condo. But um, they do have one for when they retire. She's just dragging her feet on it because um, it's, like, a nursing home for the nuns. But Because I say I this with no judgment. Anymore. I, she, I say this yeah. with no judgment, and she's not the one on the phone, so I'm not trying to ask you to answer for the whole culture of of the sisterhood these days, but I go, if you're like a college professor who lives in a condo and you smoke and you drink, like what are the, like what, at what point does this become a Catholic thing? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that point I feel like the big uh, difference is that they're not getting married, but yeah, I also don't want to speak on it because I, I feel like I've got more liberal interpretations of the faith in my family. So it might not be yeah. the, perfect person to ask on it but yeah i yeah i wondered that too but that's fair i don't know yeah yeah but she always leads us in prayer on thanksgiving so once again got that to look forward to you got a cool nun aunt she's fun yeah yeah we get along pretty pretty well she comes with it a lot but my city doesn't have too much going on for it so and when you're not studying law being focused mm -hmm. interning who are you outside yeah. of that do you ever let you ever get to just rage you ever get to unleash in any <laughs> different directions um so you know i went to one of the big 10 schools for undergrad so i feel like i did most of my unleashing back then um i've i've calmed down in my old age my, my roommates and i we do wine nights about twice a week wine nights uh, yeah, yeah. We just, we buy the cheap Kirkland bottles from Costco and have at it. Now, you know, I also went to a Big Ten university, although it was not in the Big Ten at the time. Rutgers University, the pride of the Big okay. Ten, as many people call it. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're being kind. Actually, oh. most of the Big Ten hates that <laughs> Rutgers was allowed to join and thinks that it is a stain on the conference that Rutgers is a part of the Big Ten and roll their eyes at it and say, well, they only did that to try to get East Coast people to spend money um, for our for our TV sales deals, our media rights. Regardless, we love the East Coast, so I'll most give it to you. Of, most of the Big Ten just beats the shit out of Rutgers in most sports every year, and that's the involvement <laughs> of the conference. Well, consider yourself the baby brother of the Big Ten, son. Okay. Okay. You know, but, someone someone's gotta be on the bottom bottom wrong. At least you get some recognition for it. Oh, you went to some school that was good at sports, didn't you? In recent years, no, but at the time, yes. Yeah, that's fine. So they've they've had a they've had a sharp downfall. I'm saying once I left it got bad, but I think it might have been my final year. But, okay. 
yeah, I, I picked a smaller pace for a law school, and it's it's definitely slowed down. Like, my town does not have much going on in it, which was partly the reason I decided to go. But now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, it's quite boring. So I'm trying to find a happy medium. I hear that. So, yeah. In fact, I moved out of state even just to try to, I don't know, spruce up my life. But it's... Again, it's it's a moment for sure. Wait, you moved out of state. You're living in a different state than your than your school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in the same uh, state as my law school, but different states than Got it. I've ever lived in before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's the Midwest, so really, like, I think the border makes no difference. It's genuinely the same thing, just a bit farther away. Yeah. So very flat, lots of cornfields. Yeah. I, I will not lie to you. When you told me, when the first thing you said was that you took out your Invisalign, I did initially think you might be 13 years old. <sighs> okay. So <laughs> I it, it's terrible, but it does give me a lift. Um, my dentist said I didn't need it, but I have like this one, my bottom teeth really do bother me. So I shelled out some cash, but I do believe it, it took my my age down about 10 years. Yeah. You got voluntary invisible. Okay. I like that. I like that. Personal life. Where are things at focus purely on school or are we able to spread out our wings? I know you're saying it's a little more boring, a little less party focused, but I'm wondering. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a dating hiatus at the moment. My past two dates have just been, um, you can make a movie about them just for terrible. So at the time I'm taking a break, um, yeah, my last one, he made a joke about my biological clock. So after that, I decided I needed some time off. But um, and then the one before <laughs> that was homeless. So wait, okay, kind of just let's pause there. <laughs> so you, how? Yeah. So one, you're in your mid twenties, and a guy is saying your biological clock is sticking, which is also, I don't know what if he's joking, but also sort of indicates that he wants to impregnate you, right? That's the implication there. Yeah. That's a that's a big swing yeah. right out of the gate. That's hinge for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that would be hinge. Yeah. Hinge gets some weirdos. But that was after it. 100%, but I've given up on Bumble and Tinder, so I'm I'm kind of down to that one. Why? Um, okay. And that was after I told him I, I didn't want to see him again. Walk me through Bumble, Tinder, Hinge. What what are the cuz they all have sort of different cultures surrounding them. What made you give up on all of these apps? Okay, so Tinder, I think, is definitely more millennial. Like, they, they tell you it's for hookups, but it's it's just millennials on there. So, knocking that one out. Nothing against millennials, but different age group. Are you um, are you Gen Z? Yeah, yep. So, you're, you're then, rolling your eye. Oh, my goodness. How would you feel about the fact <laughs> that I'm right on the upper cusp of millennial, even Gen X? I'm right on the line. I remember you saying that you're like older millennial. Well, I guess I'm Xenial. older Gen Z. Like, yeah, yeah. So from your perspective, I'm a, I'm a hundred years old. But we love that about you. Ouch. And let's pause right there. That's nice. People love me getting old. That that was a thing. Beautiful Canonymous, which happened earlier in 2023 after years of pandemic delays. A lot of people were telling me to my face. A lot of the people who have been listening to the beginning are said like over and over again. I kept hearing some version of on one hand, I love the show for the phone calls. 
And then for the long-time listeners, there's this weird thing of just listening to you grow up. And I am old. And that's okay. And I like it. And I feel lucky. And I feel overjoyed to be doing this for the 400th time. You know how we've been able to do it 400 times? Because we have advertisers who support the show. Let's listen to some of those ads. We'll be right back. I could not be more happy to tell you about StoryWorth, who's been a longtime supporter of this show and who I have shouted to the hilltops about because I am such a huge fan of them and what they do. A couple of years ago, I used the StoryWorth service with my dad and it brought my father and I closer together and it left us with a keepsake that my son is going to get to have and cherish for his whole life. Like if that doesn't, if that's not, you can tell, I'm not reading from a script right now. We'll get into the script in a second. But if that doesn't tell you how much I like StoryWorth, I don't know what else to say. I bet the holidays are coming up. You've probably started spending a lot of times with your loved ones, more times coming with the loved ones. You're going to be hearing a lot of stories. Some of these stories are ones that you love to hear. Some of them are going to be ones you've heard a million times. But have you ever documented those stories? Have you gone out of your way? to get them written down, to make them timeless, okay? It can be challenging to get that to happen, but StoryWorth makes it really easy and really fun. It allows anyone to write a book about their life. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a life-related question. You can pick it from a collection. It can be like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Or what's the furthest you've ever traveled? And then they reply with a story. And after one year, StoryWorth takes all of your loved one's stories, takes all of those memories, you can add photos, and they make a hardcover book, and it creates a valued keepsake. And I am telling you right now that as I'm speaking out loud, I am looking to my right, and there are three copies of my book that we made with my dad, and they're sitting on my bookshelf. One is going to go to me, one is going to go to my brother, one is going to go to Cal, and those are going to stay in our family. And that's, like I said... You can tell when I'm going off script here. My dad's still around. I hope he's around for many years. But when he passes, I have this book that's going to allow me to know him. That's going to allow my son to know him and remember him. And imagine if I had that for my two grandfathers. I I would, if I could go back in time in a time machine and change one thing about my relationship with my grandparents, it's that I would have had all of them do story worth. It's so valuable. Millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. Get started with your loved one for the holidays, and before you know it, you'll both be cherishing those timeless stories for generations to come. When I tell you that there are stories in my book that I had known forever about my dad, I'm so happy those are in there. And when I tell you that there are stories in there that I had never heard from him and that I could not believe I was reading from him, that is true too. And man, am I so happy I have this book. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash beautiful today and save $10 on your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash beautiful to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash beautiful. If you want to give out gifts... This holiday season and have the people in your life look at you and go, where did you find this? Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe 
for really remarkable, really unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether it's a secret Santa at work, whether you want to go to one spot to get all the gifts you need for your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows what they want. I will tell you, I got my mom's birthday present this year on Uncommon Goods. There's not not many people on this earth that I care about as much as my mom. She's in that super tight inner circle. She's my mom. And I found a great gift for her. Um, She actually, I will tell you, I'm not going to spoil what it is because she listens to the show and she hasn't opened it yet. She hasn't gotten it yet. But my mom's present is from Uncommon Goods and I'm so excited. It's personalized. I was able to enter in a message that I thought she would be into and it here's the thing about uncommon goods it's small artists it's small independent businesses and uncommon goods gathers them all together gets interesting gift items from artists from small businesses puts them all in one place a lot of this stuff is handmade also a lot of this is small run because of that so go check it out soon they're going to sell out for the holiday season a lot of these things the products are high quality they're unique they're very often made in the US and there's a lot of just really meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts that you're not going to find anywhere else. There's art, there's jewelry, there's kitchen items, there's home and bar items. Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. These are not lackluster gifts. I loved their organization system. I, you can search for gifts for grandmas or parents or friends. You can organize it in all sorts of different ways. And on top of it, with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give a dollar to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. As someone who does a lot of work in the nonprofit world, that's massive. And thank them for doing that. Check them out. Really good quality products. Really good mission statement for this company. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash beautiful. That's uncommongoods.com slash beautiful. You'll get 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Thanks again to all the advertisers. Now, let's get back to the phone call. So from your perspective, I'm a, I'm 100 years old. But we love that about you. Ouch. You're relatable. Ouch. Oh, you're relatable. I'm a relatable old yeah. guy? <laughs> In the best way possible. Okay, so... You, you have great music taste. I think I was hearing some mountain goats on the holding line. So. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So... Yeah, yeah. As a Gen Z person, you just simply can't stomach the millennial presence on Tinder. Okay? Okay. Yeah. And then Bumble, the whole idea is that girls text first, which is fine because feminism, all that. I'm like, okay, that's great. But um, I've discovered a lot of guys don't know how to talk. And then I also got banned off of it after making one too many jokes, I guess. So you Wait, you got banned from Bumble? Yeah. What kind of jokes were yeah. you making that people were reporting? You know, it wasn't even anything bad. Like, the one guy told me he looked like he could be a creepy uncle, which to me I think is funny, but he didn't. And it was, it was just stuff along those lines, you know. And then next day I know it's on my account was reported. And so I was like, well, that's fine from the, the end of that. Okay. Um, there's a, so running, there's a running theme here of you hate older men. <laughs> running theme. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it's love-hate. It's love-hate. But <laughs> I don't know. So on Hinge, though, that one, you only get a certain amount of likes a day, which I appreciate because then it's like if they like you, they spent like one of their 10 likes on you or whatever. So 
pros and cons, but the con is I feel like a lot of them, they feel like you owe them more because they already put their cards on the table. Like, I like you. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm at. And that's okay. where I met biological clock guy, um, the homeless man. Tell me about this um, homeless man. Actually, my, my, yeah. So for him, I just got of a relationship beginning of this year. And so I was talking to this guy and he had an engineering degree. He was really into backpacking. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. Um, like seemed to be had a lot in common. So I met up with him and then he, or I said, do you want to go back to your place and watch a movie? And he didn't have a place because he was going on the Pacific Crest Trail. So I guess he quit his job, sold his house. Um, he had a phobia of tape, so all of his things were in duffel bags. And he was just selling all of his belongings to live in the woods. I saw him three other times before he left, though. It was a really good connection, but at the same time, he he was homeless. Right, right. I, I know if so, he's... That's, that's kind of the, the dating scene at this point. If he's going to do a major hike, like the because the the Pacific Coast Trail, that's like the West Coast equivalent of the Appalachian Trail, right? It's yeah, yeah. It's um, you start at the Mexican border and you go up to the Canadian border. So that's a that's a specific type of homelessness. But do you still have concerns of oh, this guy might just be looking for a place to crash? I have to be mindful of this. I do wonder about that. Yeah, you know, he. Uh, I still don't think he has a home. He's on some other hike now. It seems like he's just going from hike to hike. So. And you liked him enough to see yeah. him a few more times. <laughs> I like an outdoorsy guy. Like I'm, I'm pretty outdoorsy. So I was like, this is great. He likes hiking. I love hiking. Um, he, he, you know, had a degree. I'm like, I have a degree. Like I don't know. I, I maybe I was, I was stretching, but I like someone who seems like a go-getter. I'm like, this is perfect. And then he said, I don't have a home. And I thought, well, that's fine. I've got one. Uh, yeah. But no. Now, do you, and tell me when I'm prying too much, but I'm fascinated by this. So when you're dating a guy, you realize, well, when you realize this guy has no home, let's put it out there. You did say, you said on the first date, like, hey, you want to go back to your place, watch a movie? So that's a door of like, hey, there might be a physical connection too. Do you ever invite him back to your place? Or does that, is there a mental block there at that point? You know, no, I I never did have him back to my place. Um, we did end up staying at what, his, one of his friends' houses, I think on our third or fourth date. But no, I, I only ever went to like his area. I didn't want to bring him back here just because, I don't know, I, I don't bring guys back to my place. Okay. Okay. Just for safety reasons, you know, but Yeah. Now, it was, what, it was a moment. what is it that you find so off-putting about millennial men? It's just different. I, their, their memes are out of date. Half of them don't even know what TikTok is. Did you um, say their memes are out of date? <laughs> this yeah, is a deal breaker now? It's just funny. It's, it's kind of cringe, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you've heard of X, right? X? Explain to me. I'm 43 yeah. years old. It's a horrifying thought to you. <laughs> I know, I know you think I'm so, about to drop dead of old age. Explain this. No, no, and no. I have bad news for you. I just want to be upfront before you're too disappointed in me. My memes, yeah. out of date. My memes are out of date. Oh, I, I promise you. That's very sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so when Ick is like, um, when you're, when you're watching a guy like get in a car and he's got to grab the bottom of the seat to like 
pull himself closer to the steering wheel. It's like, oh, it's kind of just, you don't see him as attractive anymore. Oh, or like no. when they tuck a napkin into their shirt so they can eat lobster so butter doesn't get on them. They just look like a big baby. Like that's an ick. What about the type of thing? Like, let's say if I was sitting on the floor, um, folding laundry and to stand up, I had to crawl across the floor to grab the arm of a chair. Yeah. That's yeah, a, I'm sorry. That's a thing that yeah. happens to me all the time. <laughs> that's an ick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, okay, but I yeah. mean, you you have your wife, so you know it's it's okay. Listen, I want to just nail down other things in my life that I'm starting to feel like okay. So, this is a Gen Z phrase, the X, and older men give you the X, and I'm trying to think of like maybe some other X of mine. Uh, what would it be? Um, um I'm trying to think well, some other real like, world examples. If you try yeah. to like make a comb over work, that's that's a big egg. What if you have a weird sort of front spike of your hair, and it's it you have like a widow's peak, but you don't want to just shave it. But what if the front spike is starting to become less of a peninsula and more <laughs> of an island separated from the rest of your hair? But you start putting uh, weird. You can't sp- even claim widow's peak. Damn. Yeah, that might be an egg. Sorry. What about yeah, if the fact that I, there. what about how if I stand up on my tiptoes, at least four different joints crack, my bones crack? Is that. Okay, so I can't judge on that one because my joints crack too. So okay. I'll, that okay. one's inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah. But I don't know. It's just, there's just a few things where it's like, it should be sweet, but it's kind of not. Like, there's this video going around right now where this girl posted her boyfriend Irish dancing when this music came on, and she was like, I just got the ick for my boyfriend. And honestly, I think that one's kind of sweet, but that's kind of the idea. What? How do you feel about men who need to drink fiber uh, first thing when they wake up and last thing before they go to bed? Oh, you know, I, I wouldn't even, I can't even judge. Like, I mean, not that I have to, but I'll, I can let that one slide. Okay. And you understand the implication yeah. there is to make things a little smoother in the bathroom, the bathroom process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're not leaving the bathroom door open following that, it's fine. <laughs> I just don't really want that thrown in my face. But no, as long as like it's not you have to see it. Like it's just when they do something like kind of cringe. Like I don't know. Then then it's just kind of over for them. Now, like with millennials and outdated memes, like that's just it's kind of sad. Now, I, I can I ask you about some Gen Z terminology that I've become aware of. Okay, I'll try my best. The Riz. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do. Yeah, you you could say like you're the Rizzler. The Rizzler? Yeah. Yeah, like someone who is good at like rizzing people up. So like, you know what Riz is, right? Charisma, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I got that Riz. But you yeah, can call so someone, someone the Rizzler like, and you can Riz people up? Yeah. Yeah, so like someone who pulls a bunch of women or someone who pulls a bunch of guys, you could say like they're the Rizzler. The Rizzler. Also, um, can you explain to me uh, the omnipresence of bet? Bet? Like money you owe? No, bet. Like isn't that the thing? Like someone's like, we should go to Taco Bell and somebody's like, bet. And that means like, fuck yeah, we should. Right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. Am I using that correctly? Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, I think I actually threw that at um, the high priestess waiting on the line. 
Like, are you cool talking with Chris? I'll bet. Yeah. So, yeah, that just means, like, very cool. All yeah. right. Okay. Like, yeah, or, like, one last one for you. Have you heard of camp? Camp? Mm-hmm. Like, summer camp? Well, that's how it's spelled, but it's, like, when something's, like, so tacky, but it's kind of cool or, like, very unique. So, it's, like, the Rainforest Cafe is camp. It's so over the top, but like, there's no other place you can go where you have an anaconda salad in front of you. <laughs> well, camp, <laughs> campiness is it predates Gen Z. I do hate to tell you. <gasps> you know that one? It sounds like you all are using it slightly differently. Um, uh-huh. This may be the beginning of my downfall then. No, I, I feel like camp, similar thing of like, enjoying something semi-ironically but andrea correct me if i'm wrong i think for our generation when we say something's campy there's also maybe some overtones that it has some associations with like a coded queerness to it interesting i could see that yeah like okay yeah the camp would be something sure. like how like there's intentional camp and unintentional camp, right? Like I, I actually was just listening to a podcast about this or reading about this. I forget which one, but like Rocky Horror Picture Show, intentional camp. It's campy. 100%, it's yeah. John Waters movies, campy. Um, but then there's other things like certain professional wrestlers from back in the day or like a lot of comic books. There's a big movement now. I'm obsessed with this X-Men podcast that's uh, sort of a queer narrative focused X-Men podcast, and a lot of it is talking about how there's a lot of unintentional camp in the X-Men franchise. Or, or Andrea is now listing the movie Showgirls, which featured uh, Elizabeth Berkley from Saved by the Bell, absolutely embraced by the gay community in a way that was unintentional camp. So yes, uh, Gen Z did not invent the term camp, although you have started using it in a way that's slightly different. That still breaks my heart. I feel like that's like the first indication of me like slowly losing my edge then. What's next, Gen Alpha? My son is Gen Alpha, is my understanding, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's going to yeah. fucking smoke you. He's going to get revenge. Probably. Yeah. It was like five years. It'll be over. The, yeah. way, the way that I have felt put back on my heels, he will someday track you down and put you on your heels and make you feel as old as you've 100%. made me feel today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I can't wait to get humbled. You were saying before that millennial men barely know how to use TikTok. Yeah. Now, I use TikTok. The algorithm oh, is congrats. well. The algorithm's kind of mystifying. It did surprise you. I'll say I completely was like Snapchat was the one that I was like, "This is stupid," and I don't get what it's for. And I had it on my phone really? for maybe twenty minutes, and then I was like, "That's done." TikTok, I at least see how it's fueling me things that are entertaining based on my interests. But I do think that you all use it in different ways than people my age like i'm like oh cool now they're showing me clips i just went on a recent run where my algorithm kept showing me a lot of clips of that movie bronx tale with chaz palm and theory and i was like yeah i'll watch 90 seconds of bronx tale while i'm using the toilet i don't think that's how you use it no no it really depends on the person like i feel like some people they use it as like a dancing platform or like for lip syncing um i personally don't um, but yeah, there's different, like some people say like they have a cottage core curated TikTok algorithm or other people say that there's this more like focused on video games or like the dancing. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah, it really depends. Like, I got my dad to get it, and his is, like, a bunch of um, handyman stuff around the house. I wonder how they know. How is that algorithm that good? I do. I will say TikTok is like, there's been a bunch of comedians who have really launched themselves via TikTok in a way that I'm like, cool. You found a way to cut out the middle, the middle people. That's good. All the, all the power brokers just get your career going. Mm -hmm. That's nice. TikTok has made a lot of people think that all of stand-up comedy shows are like people incessantly fighting with hecklers. And I hate it. Because now I go and do shows and people want to chit-chat because they think you want that. And we don't, despite what TikTok will have you believe. I do not want someone yelling at me and disrupting the show. But a lot of stand-up on TikTok is just people fighting. It's just audience members fighting with comedians. Yeah. You get heckled more now because of TikTok? Everybody does. Everybody does. It's like a thing that all, every comedian is talking about with each other and it's kind of a headache. And I, I'm lucky because I do my own thing and I've built my own audience over the years. But even still, there's just like such a propensity for back and forth chit chat now that crowds think they're helping you or think they're giving you fuel on the fire. And it's like, nope, that's not what everybody's looking for. Definitely interesting to see people who can build a legit career off of things like TikTok. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a fad, I think, but it's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. And then like I don't know, as the years go even, there's like a different a different trend for sure. Like not even just in the the people who participate on the show, but I feel like it definitely went from like more comedic to I don't know, now it's more conversationalist. But I mean it's it's a good up and flow. I don't know. Now when did you start listening? Uh, 2019. 2019. And have you, you can be honest yeah. with me, have you fallen off or do you still listen on a regular basis? Uh, no, I just listened to the Jehovah's Witness one yesterday. So Hell I try yeah. to keep up. It's my, uh, yeah, every morning on my way to school, it's my listen. Or every Tuesday, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Some, yeah. some of it's, uh, some of it being less comedic is just on the nature of the show. Some of it's also on me feeling like I don't need to force that as much. Some of it's just me growing up and feeling like, oh, I'm very interested in these conversations and I don't feel a need to bend them towards towards laughs because some of that was my insecurity back then. And let's pause again. I just want to reiterate having fun with this call and we could feel it was really casual in the beginning and I started thinking about what lanes to pick and then you can tell I have been having a lot of fun asking the caller to offer me the youthful perspective on my career it is on me so don't anybody out there get a defensive or protective of me and lash out at the caller it's we are having a good time and I promise you that we've got advertisers we'll be right back I am so happy to be here telling you about a simple adjustment you can make in your life that's going to do a lot of good for you, for your family, for the environment, all at once. It's the type of thing that maybe you don't think too hard about. But luckily, Cheeky Maiden is out there thinking about it for you. Okay, there's a lot of reasons to start thinking about a natural soap over industrially made soaps. First of all, organic ingredients, plant oils, essential oils, herbs. This avoids synthetic chemicals. This avoids a lot of the irritants that show up in those chemicals with these industrial soaps. That's good for the skin, right? It's milder. It's gentler. 
It's, it's, it's a higher level product. We all know this, right? It doesn't strip away your skin's natural oils. It doesn't dry you out. A, we all know that thing. Oh, I found some, found some soap on sale. And then you get home, you go, I, I know why. Because it's just a block of chemicals that I'm rubbing on my skin. And now I'm all dried out. There's irritated spots, okay? Natural soaps. There's nourishing ingredients in there. It hydrates, it moisturizes, it leaves you feeling soft and smooth. And maybe one of the things that we need to think about most of all that I really want to shout to the Hilltops about, natural soaps are biodegradable, okay? They're eco-friendly. You got to think about this, that anything that you use in the bath, in the shower, goes down the drain, it winds up in your ecosystem. It's, it's going into the drainage system well guess what that's going to leak into your lawn that's going to that's going to show up in the nearest stream or lake or pond and by using natural soaps you're doing so much less damage than when you're just flushing all those chemicals right into the system okay natural soaps incorporate essential oils as i mentioned that gives you options for fragrance. There is naturally derived scent involved in this, okay? Aromatherapy benefits. Nothing synthetic about those fragrances. You're not going to get all those chemically smells, okay? And these natural soaps are, are often made handmade by artisans. They take pride in what they do. You're supporting small businesses here. You're promoting traditional soap-making techniques and Cheeky Maiden also offers customizable options, okay? You can choose specific ingredients. You can choose specific scents, things that suit your preferences, that suit your skin type. And I don't even think I need to mention this. Ethical values are in play here. There is no testing on animals. This promotes animal welfare. This is really good-hearted, forward-thinking stuff. Those personalized benefits I mentioned, you can also mention if you've got acne, eczema, sensitive skin, Okay, it's, it allows you to build a personalized solution for your skincare needs. So overall, choosing natural soap, why would you not do it? It benefits your skin. It contributes to a healthier overall ecosystem and environment. It supports ethical practices in the soap-making industry. Please visit CheekyMaidenSoap.com and use the code BEAUTIFUL15 for 15% off your next order. That's CheekyMaidenSoap.com. The code is beautiful 15. Thanks once again to all of our advertisers. Now, let's finish off the phone call. Some of it being less comedic is just on the nature of the show. Some of it's also on me feeling like I don't need to force that as much. Some of it's just me growing up and feeling like, oh, I'm very interested in these conversations and I don't feel a need to bend them towards, towards laughs because some of that was my insecurity back then. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's been fascinating to listen to over the years, too. Like, I feel like as I've grown, so is the show. Like, you've had a few, also, like, a really old one, but um, you've had that, that Trump supporter way back. I think it must have been, like, a 2016 episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Wish, I wish that Hillary, somebody at Hillary's campaign had listened to that one. That was one uh, that I was, yeah. like, hoping that people would realize, like, hey, like, this is... There are people out here voting for this guy and they can't even explain why and take it seriously. Yeah. Retrospectively, it was also a painful re-listen. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, some of those too. It's like, I'm from a really small town. It's like, I know these people and I just, you can't rationalize with them. Yeah, and you start to realize, listen, we're both Irish Catholic. Let's be honest about something. 
that Irish Catholics are a group that's gone more Republican over time, right? When I was growing up, it was kind of the standard Democratic voters, Kennedys, the Kennedy family being kind of put up on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And now it's bent more and more where a lot of the Irish Catholics in particular have gone Republican and conservative. But I also will say this about Irish Catholics. I think Hillary should have won. I was excited to vote for the first president who was going to be a woman. I was so excited, but I, I will say when, when she did call people a basket of deplorables, it's very, very easy to convince certain groups that you're just calling them white trash and growing up Irish Catholic, you know, yeah. there are a lot of members of an Irish Catholic family that are just really insecure about being implied that it, that they're white trash. And if you give them yeah, a reason, they'll, they'll turn they, will, on you quickly. they will react violently against it if you call them trash. And I mm-hmm. feel like that is a moment that's talked about, but never as bluntly as I think it could be. Because when you grow up in families, like it sounds like you and I are in the kind of same cultural sphere of like, yep, these are families where there's some insecurity about that in particular. And if you imply it, people are going to really violently push back against that. Um, well, that, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Anyway. It can be painful, but yeah, no, I actually just thought about, so when I was saying, no, it's like a big family. I had this in undergrad. I worked at a uh, bar to help pay for tuition. And uh, I was talking to one of the bartenders who also have an Irish Catholic, and we're both complaining about like just the dynamics and the people in it. And this is like, two and a half hours away from my hometown we found out we were like second second or third cousins from uh, complaining about the family you know he's like i have this aunt so and so i said, I have an aunt so and so same family look at that so you can never escape them truly an irish catholic moment yeah now you've mm, been listening for yeah. a long time and you've been so good about letting me know about young people how they're feeling how they're thinking it started off via the dating apps but spread out I have an acute sense that at some point when this show started, I was still in a position where younger people liked my comedy and viewed me as sort of like, like a older cousin slash uncle who was maybe on the older end of stuff they were dealing with. And then at some point, a lot of those people dropped out and were like, no, you're just old and lame. Like it no longer went to like, you're the, Oh, I wouldn't say lame. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So what was the shift? Oh, it sounds mean when I say it, though, because, like, I, I think your kid's adorable, genuinely. Like, I love children, but I do think it's just harder to relate to parents, you know? So that that's a demarcation. That's just a line in the sand of you have a child. You can't now be the yeah. older edge of this youth movement. Because it used to be like, oh, yeah, hip- because, like, hipster we weird comedians. Kids. You're like the old uncle of the hipster weirdo comedians. Now it's right. like, yeah, and like, who are who dad. are who are some of the comedians you like? Uh, like right now? Yeah. Probably Bo Burnham, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's stereotypical. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I and like again, Bo he's Burn- millennial, so I'm a walking contradiction. But But Bo Burnham is now your kind of older, elder statesman of, like, hipster weird comedy. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, you were great on The Office, so (laughs) I can't knock you. (laughs) 
Yeah, but that was in 2012. But your generation has just relentlessly rewatched it. Yeah. And I've been making new stuff yeah. the whole time that you don't care about anymore. And it's fine. It's I'm not sorry. mean. No, but it's just <laughs> truth. Let's talk about it. I mean, it's, I don't know. Again, it's like nothing like against like your age or your comedy. Like I, it's, it's consistently good. I just, I feel like it's hard to regain people's attention, period. So then when you're at different points of your life, it's also just hard to yeah, yeah. keep the crowd. Like I'm, I'm guessing your, your audience of people in your age group has been consistent. Well, it's, it's been a little tough because generally my audience was always a little younger than me and I lost them. I lost them at some point, but I think it back. I go, what am I going to do? I've always tried to be honest. Should I just try to, I will say, I see some other comedians who are contemporaries of mine close to my age group who still make videos that are just like, now they're putting out stuff on TikTok and it's like super aggressive, wacky, weird, but where I'm like, man, I don't know when we sit and have dinner, that's not who you are anymore. So there's a part of me that's like, it would be sad for me yeah. to try to keep doing stuff that felt like my youthful. I also hated myself with a lot of my old comedy and people enjoyed watching me sort that out. People enjoyed watching me learn to hate myself yet less, mm -hmm. but then it crossed a Rubicon where it was like, Oh, now you're like a normal, just lame dad. I don't, I mean, I liked, you had that special a couple of years ago where you just talked about your mental health. And I mean, I thought that one resonated with a lot of people my age. Yeah. That okay. Was quite a few years ago, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that one still resonated, you know, it was. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're naming there. things you like from me and you've named one thing from 2012 and one thing from 2017. Okay. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I, like I love it. <laughs> I'm leading the conversation there. I'm trying to sort this all out. Trying to sort this all out, but nobody in your age group is finding me right now going like, yo, check this out. And that used to happen for me. It's not, that's okay. I guess I just yeah. don't have that Riz bet. <laughs> I just don't, I don't have that, that Riz like, like that. Yeah. You're not the Rizzler anymore. I'm just not the Rizzler. What can I say? <laughs> I'm just yeah. not the Rizzler. Well, I'm sure you have, <laughs> you have the New Jersey audience. Oh, is that weird New Jersey? No. Uh, let me tell you something. No. The only reason I'm joking uh, about this so much, the only reason I'm joking about all this so much is that I can't explain yeah. to you how happy and content and at peace I feel in my life these days. And if, if I was, if I was feeling real insecurity about these things, I wouldn't be asking these questions because I can tell you that I <laughs> I'd feel so good. I'd be the so last good. person to ask a person in their early twenties. Like I, I love last it. person to give therapy. So. This is all I want is to hear from young people why they don't like my stuff anymore. I think it's great. No, it's great. It's great. It's okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's still good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, things just things change, but you definitely do seem like less stressed. Like yeah. I think, like last year, definitely like tenser, which I get. Like you know, but the vibes the vibes have been better. Yeah, for sure. I think people could feel, I mean, between, between some career reckonings with how bad the Edinburgh festival went and then the beautiful anonymous contract thing that was stretching on for months and nobody knew it listening to the show, but I was just like, Oh my God, man, this year was crazy. Yeah. Just the, like financially it was a scary year, but everything settled in a place where I feel good. And now I just good. volunteer. I drive an ambulance. Is that the most ick thing about me that I volunteer to drive an ambulance? 
I think that's awesome. No, I'm huge on volunteer work, so that I fully get behind. I mean, that's got to be super stressful, but I can get behind some volunteer work. Okay, so that's not no. ick. That's not ick. No, no, we like we like the volunteer stuff. Yeah, well, that's like wholesome. What about the fact that once a week I drive my recycling to the Department of Public Works in my town? Is that ick? I'm big on the environment. That's that's great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Every small corner of the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, like if it's wholesome, I think that's fine. Like extra more, just kind of like, why'd you do that? <laughs> is being a man in my forties who wears New Balance sneakers is that ick? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. I, I don't know. I try not to like be too ageist. I feel like I'm going to be like beat up in the Facebook comments. Already. No, listen, if anybody has anything to say on Facebook, listen back to the episode and watch how hardcore I sprinted headfirst down this rabbit hole. And take it easy yeah. on our young caller, please. Our young caller who, let's not forget, is going to enter the system of criminal justice on the prosecutor side, who will hopefully be one of the people who can draw some lines in the sand and uh, and do things the right way. Because that's important. Hopefully. Yeah, right. the goal is mental health court, but we'll see. We'll mental see. health court. That sounds really intense. Mm-hmm. Really intense. Yeah, that's for people when they can't represent themselves, but they they obviously need the help. They become. Uh, oh, I'm trying to break this down. They, they become the state's responsibility. So you represent them and just say like, okay, it's probably good if you get hospitalized for a few months or next Y I was just reading an article that was really great about how in the city of Newark, New Jersey, which I grew up in a suburb of Newark, which is for my whole life mm-hmm. been regarded as a very tough town. There's a train station and the train station, since the day I knew about it, the reputation was like, oh, there's a lot of homeless people and drug use. And there's a, you know, oh my goodness, have you ever used the the men's room at Nork Penn Station? There's always like 30 people in there doing who knows what. And <laughs> I just read this great, great article about how the city has made a lot of progress because basically if you get arrested at that train station now, you still have court, but they don't bring you to an actual courthouse. They bring you to like a nonprofit's headquarters, if I remember the article right. But there's still a prosecutor and there's still defense and a judge. But the idea being like, hey, if you're dealing with addiction or homelessness and you're looking for someplace that's warm in the winter or cool in the summer, we're not going to treat you the same way that we treat a murderer or someone who's been stealing cars. Like those are different things. So taking people to an environment that's separate from that environment, culturally, visually vibe wise, let alone not being around a lot of people who are, who are criminals also in those holding cells is doing a lot for the mental health and positivity surrounding the turnaround of this city. It was a really cool article and I liked it. Is this the type of thing we're thinking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's awesome because it's like pretty obvious. Like systematically, there's some issues. So, any any step in the right direction. But that sounds really, really nice. Now, how do you? Yeah. Feel, I know. There's I wish also, more cities had that. Yeah, I hope they do. It was really cool to read that about. You know, if there's any city that I identify with as like closest to my growing up, it's Newark. How do you feel about? There's a whole movement of like very progressive DAs, district attorneys, and a lot of them are elected positions. And there's a lot of people saying, you know, 
a lot of people saying this is a real step towards criminal justice reform, but there are there is a lot of pushback because a lot of places that have started to elect the very progressive DAs are saying, well, we have turned around and are seeing increases in crime. Uh-oh. But then there's other people saying that maybe the police and the police unions don't love these progressive DAs and that there's ways that that they are some playing this cat and mouse game with crime statistics. I wonder if, if this is something that you're studying right now as a law student headed towards a prosecutor's office. Yeah. So not studying it in school, but I, I have seen some of those questions addressed. I think it's more of the uh, latter situation where there's some resistance from the police and not all police. Cause I don't like the blanket statement, but I do think that's a problem. And then also like any change that you get, any major change, there's going to be some issues, you know, it's not going to run seamlessly. So, yeah, you might see some crime increases, but I think it's just leveling out some issues. Um, and overall, I think it's a good idea. It's probably just getting to where we need to be still. But I don't know, people who rag on it, like clearly what we have isn't working right now. So we're trying to figure out something better. Now, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. How long until you graduate? How long do you have left? A year and a half, yep. Year and a so half. So I'm in spring of 2025, yeah. Now, year and a half, you get out there in the workforce, you're thinking prosecutor's office, that's great. I also know that when you're a law student, they must be encouraging you to think about the five-year, the 10-year plan, the 20-year plan. If things were to break the right way, do you have a vision of those things and what that looks for looks like for you? Like where I want to be in five yeah. or ten years? Or... Yeah, when you're oh, old gosh. and my no. son is making fun of you on dating apps. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not on the same one. Um, <laughs> uh, gee, I don't even know. I, I mean, I hope to stay in state. All my family is from the same area. so But hopefully a bigger city. Um, the one, one of the bigger cities I live near back home, it's, it's on the upswing, but it's been uh, pretty emptied out for decades so I think I'd like to live there um, just because I think there's a lot of good that could be done in the area hopefully I don't get burnt out but I mean I don't really have plans like to make you know a bunch of money and like buy a huge house because realistically I don't see that happening but um, yeah hopefully I have a house in 10 or 15 years I don't know maybe a few cats <laughs> house and a couple it's cats simple as that yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like dogs. I like dogs, but I think I'm more of a cat person. Okay. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice to have a family, but it's not really like on my first list of priorities at this point. So you're not out here saying, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to go for elected office. I'm going to reform the criminal justice system from the inside. Just a couple cats and no. a house. Good to go. <laughs> yeah. And I think locally, locally, I'd like to make it better, but like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be realistic. Like I don't, I don't see myself running for a political office. I don't, none of that, but I think local government, maybe I could get involved in, or I don't know, like I'm big on volunteer work, maybe join like a local Lions Club branch for wherever I move and call it a day. It's a nice, I, don't know. I try to be realistic. Nice, simple life. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it simple, at least, but we'll see. It seems like there's always a monkey bench thrown in. Now, do you feel like it's fair to say that I used to have more Riz than I have now? Oh, back to the Riz. Um, 
Well, didn't you say, like, you've, if people had, like, I listened to Chris Gethard on their dating profile, like, they'd get more matches? It was a known thing. I was told by an employee of OkCupid, uh, actually multiple employees, yeah. that if you lived in yeah, Brooklyn, New York, like, and listed me, you, it increased your chance of getting laid. So that, I think, indicates there is, yeah. That probably isn't yeah, helping anybody. Probably. You think I'm not helping anybody get laid now? I mean, I could try adding it to my profile and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, well, I don't want to enter a situation where I can be accused of um, <laughs> sex trafficking my listeners. That's the last thing I need. So please don't do that on my behalf. Just post a picture of your face on the bottom. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. <laughs> but yeah, there was, there was a stretch there where it's specifically in Brooklyn. If you were a fan of mine and yeah. you linked up with another fan of mine. Now, I don't know if this meant that I had major sex appeal, but I think it meant that if you if you met another person who knew and liked my stuff, that it increased your chances of being horny for each other. I think that that is the truth of it. That that meant you were like a certain type of passionate, kind nerd with specific interests and when you met other people like you, there was a floodgate of horniness that was more likely to open amongst those people. Maybe because they were suppressed. I used to have a ton of riz. I used to have a ton of riz. And at the end of the day, that riz dried up. But what can I say? I'm happier. Riz free, but much happier. Yeah. You have a kid. Married. Yeah. I think you're He's fine. Got riz. Yeah. My kid has the riz. Yeah. <laughs> My kid got all that riz. Yeah. He knows it too. Is he a charmer? Oh, he's got yeah. dimples. And he's funny. He there to, you go. He likes to mess around. He passed yeah. it on. Yeah. He, or oh, some might sweet. say I passed it on. Others might say the child stole it from me. Like a vampire. Yeah. He, he removed it from my soul to <laughs> use it for his the own. The front of the hair. The Riz, yeah. He's got a great head of hair. He doesn't have my hairline, this kid. He's got a great head head of hair yeah. and a ton of Riz, bet. Also, Dang. I don't want you to be the whole voice of a generation, and we've got two and a half minutes left. Something else that I've noticed, and because oh. we also have talked about yeah. TikTok comedy and stuff, too. There's so much, mm-hmm. so much comedy right now. Where every comedian feels like they need to offer up their opinions on trans people. And gender non-binary. And it's, I can say as a 43-year-old man, it's so annoying. It's officially annoying. If you grab a microphone on a comedy stage and talk about it, it's done. It's done. And I just did a show where, um, just this last weekend, I did a show. (laughs) And a woman I went to college with was there and she brought her kid. And a bunch of her kids' friends, because the kid she had brought her kid to see me a while back, and the kid was like, "That was awesome. I want to bring. I want to come back, bring some friends." And I will tell you, and as someone in your mid twenties, I think you might be able to speak to this way better than I can. These kids were all young; they were all in high school, so younger than you. But here's the reality: they don't care. They all dress in a place yeah. that meets in the middle. They style their hair in a place that meets in the middle. They hang out and interact with each other in a place where that meets in the middle. And if you don't understand, you want to talk about sounding fucking crusty and old, they don't care. So when you care so much yeah. and you're in your fucking 50s or 40s like me, you just sound so lame and old. And even I know that. And I'm lame and old. True or false? No. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> false when you mean liminal, but true when, like, it, it comes off very, like, it's not a comedic issue to bring up. Like, someone's sexuality, it's not funny or humorous or a joke. Like, I feel like that, you're just, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel and you're trying to get any content, but no one finds that funny. Like, it, it hasn't been for, for me ever, but, you know, decades, I think, mainstream, it hasn't been funny. It's also it's just, you're pathetic. fundamentally talking at and about young people in a way that they go, we don't care about your fucking opinions. So shut up. Like mm-hmm. this is a young person's discussion. It's not for you. Your generation didn't deal with this. Yeah. Let us fucking deal with it. We don't care. I find it incredibly annoying. It's a waste of a platform for sure. Indeed. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've got thoughts on that, but yeah, I know we're short on time. So it's just, yeah. I do find it very ick on behalf of my generation. Very, very ick. ick. Yeah. Extremely you know, that's, that's ick. That's an easy one. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. ick. I should put that one on top of my list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're a comedian who's ranting about trans people in 2023. Big time ick. Big Huge time ick. ick. Yeah. It's been mm-hmm. done. It's hack. No one cares. You touch. sound old. It's not a conversation for you. It's a conversation for people who are youthful who are sorting it out for themselves. Anyway, our time is up for the free feed, my friend. What a joy to bounce around so many topics and to get some first-person perspective on where everything went wrong for me. Thank you so much. No, no. Oh, gosh. I I hope I didn't come off like a bully. No, just a realist, (laughs) just a very firm realist who was able to, again, paint a very clear, unapologetic picture of all the wrong turns I've taken and why I make less money than I used to. I still think you're great. No, 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 no. I think you're great. Don't backtrack now. Don't backtrack now. (laughs) Hey, I pulled out 2012, 2017 special. Like, listen. You're still relevant, I swear. No, here's the funny thing is that. (laughs) For all the people who have supported me who are your age and many of whom have not, at some point, you're all going to start getting mortgages and having your own kids. And you're going to be like, wait, I'm now I'm listening to this thing Gethard put out in 2021. And holy shit, it's ripping my guts out, even though I thought it was fucking whack when he put it out. That's my prediction. Anyway. All right. <laughs> we're going to say goodbye on the free feed. Are you cool to hang out and answer a few more questions so we can get to know you better? Yeah, that's fine. All right, caller. Thanks for thanks for talking and thanks for letting me give you the business a little bit and mess around. And I promise I was not offended in any way by anything you said. <laughs> yeah, it was a pleasure talking with you. Caller, I cannot thank you enough for calling up, sharing your story putting it out there, having fun with me, letting me lead you down a path where you gave me some hard truths and having fun with that. Also want to say, I know you were nervous about putting this call out there. So for everyone listening, I just want to say, react to the episode, sure. But keep in mind, I asked the caller to go down those roads. So anybody out there is going to get defensive of me or, or, or come at the call. It was all in fun. So take it easy, everybody. This show is produced by Andrea Quinn. Our theme song is by Shell Shack. I should, of course, mention that Andrea is the high priestess. Beautiful anonymous. I don't know why I did it in that weird enunciation. Anyway, go to chrisgeth.com if you want to know more about me. 
what I'm up to, go to laughingtogether.org if you want to know more about the nonprofit that I'm working for, trying to improve mental health in schools through comedy. And hey, if you have a, a story and you want to get it on Beautiful Anonymous, and maybe you never see it when we plug in the phone number, maybe we're not recording at times that are convenient for you, we'd love to work with you. We have a voicemail line. Pitch your story by calling 973-306-4676. That voicemail line again is 973-306-4676. If you prefer playing the lottery and going the traditional route, keep your eye on my Twitter at Chris Gethard. We post in the Facebook group, Beautiful Anonymous, the community, and we have an Instagram, Beautiful Anonymous Pod. Those are the three places where we let you know when we are taping. And don't forget, sign up for Beautiful Anonymous Plus, beautifulanonymous.com. You can go ahead and get the annual subscriptions with big discounts, including over $45 off if you buy the annual subscription at the $10 tier. Thank you so much, everybody. You are going to love this. We've worked so hard to make it something that you are going to like. Thank you so much in advance, beautifulanonymous.com, to find out more info on Beautiful Anonymous Plus.